everyone, and welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. Ellie Herringshaw here, and today, whoa, 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 you guys are in for a treat. I met this gal just like a couple hours ago. <laughs> I am with Caitlin Rayleigh, and Caitlin is from L.A., and we met basically through some mutual friends. Mm-hmm. She reached out to me um, about the podcast, and now she is sitting in front of me. I am. Here in chilly Minnesota. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm so excited to be back. Here we are. Yeah. Um, boldly stepping into calling of Jesus. Praise just God. Just to come out here and talk about this. We're going we're gonna to talk about your story, mm-hmm. and we're going to share about how God is healing you mm-hmm. and how he has already redeemed you. Correct. So excited. So stoked. Let's do it. Why don't you just dive in a little bit and share about your story. Not even a little bit. Let's dive in all the way. So just for like, let's just give some backstory here. Um, I am almost 26 yeah. now. It's probably So, smart. right. So just to lay that out. Um, I met my um, ex-husband when I was 17. Okay. We were in high school and um, we started dating right into my senior year. Uh, and we were high school sweethearts. Um, mm-hmm. We dated for about four and a half years. And when I was almost 22, so I believe that was in 2015, um, we got married and it was a beautiful wedding. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to, I don't know how else to describe that. I don't, I mean, it was very, um, it was beautiful. It was outdoors. Yeah. It was at a winery. And throughout our whole relationship before that, we had, um, really just been each other's like constants in a lot of ways Hmm. um when I didn't have anybody else I always had him yeah shortly after we got married a couple months he had this idea that we should move somewhere new he had family in Chicago um and we had been to Chicago before loved that city still love that city it's Mm -hmm. amazing and uh he said why don't we why don't we move there and I was like okay, why? And there was really no reason why. And I am just not like that. But I was like, okay, well, all right, I guess we can do it. And it was funny because I, when I would tell people about it, even my parents, I felt like I had to justify it. Hmm. And I was like, I was justifying it to myself, Hmm. but I was actually justifying it to everybody else. And they, I feel like people were just kind of like, okay, cool. Like you do you. But in my head, I'm like, no, you should argue with me on that. Like, tell me why I shouldn't do it. I realized that I wanted people to tell me that it wasn't a good idea. Hmm. So you were like looking for a reason Correct. and somebody else to, Correct. to tell you that it wasn't. And I think that was actually a very relatable theme to my entire relationship hmm. because my relationship was point blank abusive. And I was verbally and emotionally abused for wow. the majority of the relationship, I would say. Definitely got worse as time got went on yeah um as like our relationship solidified I think they always say with like friends that you feel like might be in that sort of situation to like reach out and just like be there for them and and encourage them to have someone to talk to not even just saying like I think you're going through this but just like hey how are you yeah I didn't have anybody like that Mm. because I had been isolated Mm. um which is again a really common theme that people who have been through abusive situations will recognize um that a tactic that's often used yep. is um, isolation yep. uh, for further abilities to either control or manipulate or anything like that. So yeah. 
Anyway, I um so I that was that was your experience. Correct. Yeah. So and, and before before we go any further, yeah. I do just want to say too, it's never our goal on the podcast to project uh, or share the story of our Absolutely. exes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, I went I went through a divorce as well. Mm-hmm. It's never my goal Absolutely. or my desire to share their experience and and I know that that is your heart as well. Absolutely. Um so I, I do just want to say that and just kind of lay that yeah. groundwork out for for those of us listening mm-hmm. um that we cannot share their story. Correct. We only share ours. Correct. We have come to this side and the reason I'm having you on right now is because I know that you're on a you're in a place of actually walking in forgiveness. Mm, correct. So I just want to say that Absolutely. to to listeners. Yeah, and I love that because what I was actually going to say um following that whole description of like tactics and whatnot is that I was simply just speaking about like if you kind of like look at the textbook definition yes. of what those things are, um that's usually the goal. Yep. Um I can't say for sure that was the goal, but right. yeah. but what I can say is that that was the product of what yep. occurred to me personally. Yes, exactly. Right. So yep. Thank you, love for, that. thank you for clarifying Absolutely. That. And I, I will. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you said that because it's so important to know that um, regardless of what you've been through with any sort of abuse like that, mm-hmm. speak about it now with a sense of redemption, yep. not a sense of victimization totally. or wanting 100%. people to feel pity or yes. anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. So yeah, um, textbook definition fit a lot of checked a lot of boxes Mm -hmm. um I would say so because of that because I I really didn't have a lot of people who were aware I wasn't even aware let's just say that first and I you know I didn't even realize this until after I was Mm -hmm. out yeah so I didn't really have anybody to to really check in on me yeah and I I really didn't even know that I needed checking in Mm -hmm. but I feel like looking back now I would have I would have sought a lot of justification hmm. for what was going on in my life yeah. um, and what I actually defined love as mm-hmm. in that time of my life. My definition of love at that point in my life is actually really different than what it is mm-hmm. now, purely because of what Jesus has revealed to me about what his love is. Preach. Um, so and that's that's true whether you've been through a hard relationship or whether you are just walking through it life yeah. and and figuring it out because the the human definition of love is so insufficient yeah compared to what Jesus wants to show you totally. with love. sufficient could. grace and steadfast love listen those are like my oh, oh. the best okay, okay. anyway <laughs> getting off track here coffee no, sorry Jesus's love is never off track. well I mean it's I've never all the track. sidebars <laughs> um yeah so so anyway, um, so you're in Chicago, right? So we moved to Chicago, pick up our dogs, um, we go to mm-hmm. Chicago, literally arrive New Year's Eve. So like dead of winter, yeah. Um, beginning of dead of winter. Um, for those of you who uh, are either in the Midwest, yeah. <laughs> winter is no joke. Nope. And winter um, smacked me in the face, but I believe it. <laughs> but uh, the so Palm we Springs girl, right? Right. Desert California. desert girl forever. SoCal. Oh, anyway, so I, uh, I, we get to Chicago, we get to our new apartment, we're all moved in, and um, up until this point, I had, I had actually been studying to be a veterinarian, okay. and I had wanted to do that since I was six or seven years mm-hmm. old. It's just, I never changed ever. I was like, hmm. this is what I'm going to do. This yeah. is whatever. So we get there, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to have to sacrifice that for you. Mm-hmm. And I kind of I kind of said that to him in, in a loving way. I was like, I, I just, I, yeah. I, I, we need to talk about that, because this has been a goal of mine for a long time and I don't really feel like I'm being propelled in that now. And 
I don't know if I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And so I had to essentially get, I just, I got a job. Up until that point, it had been a rare occurrence to um, go out socially with him mm-hmm. uh, or do anything regarding leaving the house for the most part. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my social time was spent at home. So when we got there, it was like a, a flip in mm. all behavior in that regard. Yeah. Um, he was in school all the time and I was working all the time, but I was also like having to cut out all this time for the dogs, for walking the dogs, for getting up early in the morning, for all of those things. Yeah. And it kind of became like a one-man band. Um, mm. And we knew some friends there who were involved in a church. Um, so we started uh, going to church with them and I was like super stoked on that because mm-hmm. I we hadn't actually been involved in a church up until that point and I was like oh yes like it's funny I was like in my head I was like justifying it to like oh yes like we can finally receive some Jesus in our relationship like that's how I was thinking about it in my head and I had been a believer my whole life uh since I was a child so I have always desired to have Jesus in my relationship and I actually never really understood the concept of Jesus being the center of a relationship Mm, but I knew in my heart that I was desiring something like that so we started going to church Loved that church. And very shortly into that move that we made, probably about a month and a half or so, I would say, things started getting just really distant. Um, Mm. We were arguing about more than just like common marital things that happen. Um, There was a lot of distance. He would, in the middle of a conversation, just leave and and say I don't I'm not going to talk about this Mm -hmm. and he would leave and there were a lot of times where I had no idea where he was I had no idea where he was going again this was not his behavior at all before we yeah um, moved so I was like what is happening like there was a shift right and so so when he would leave my my first thought was always what did I do wrong Hmm. to um to make him leave yeah what did I do Hmm. and that was just such a theme for this whole thing was like, well, what did I do? What could I, I should have said something different. Yeah. Or I should have well, done. Yeah. And, and like when we're, when we're in a relationship, obviously we're, we're constantly wanting to like, right. Think, okay, what's my, what's my role in this? What can right. I do? I think it's perfectly okay for you to ask those questions, but there comes a point where it's right. Correct. Yeah. And so where it goes a little too far. Exactly. And so I would be like, okay, well, um, I'll just wait till he gets home and we'll talk about it then. Yeah. And, uh, he would come home and it was like, it never happened. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, but it is happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very, like, let's face it head on, yep. you know? Like, let's let's face this head on. Let's handle it. Let's resolve this. Yep. All about the resolution. Yes. <laughs> so um, at that point, like, hands off. Yep. Either leave or, like, we're not going to talk about this or whatever. Yeah. So there came a point where, end of February, I was like, listen, I think, I think you need to make a decision. Uh, either you're going to be with me or you don't want to be with me. I was like, but, you know, you need to make a decision here. And, yeah. like, if we need to do counseling, if we need to involve a, a leader in the church that we're starting to go to, yeah. you know, like, let's talk about it. I'm here. I'm in this. Yeah. Uh, a couple days went by and we went out to dinner and he was like, yeah, okay, like, I want you. I want this. Let's hmm. do this. I want to, I want to, I want our marriage to work. I love you, et cetera. And I was like, Great. Cloud nine. I was like, wow, this is like this. Right. Exactly. And that was good. We were on cloud nine like that for about a month. And then um, end of March or so, it 
same behavior started happening, mm. but worse. It, it kind of turned into that whole like, well, I just want space. And I was like, okay, well, I respect that. You want to have space with your friends. Yep. That's okay. Um, and I wasn't one of those that really cared about like whether they were girls or guys or all of that. Like, Not necessarily jealousy. Right. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily like, I don't trust you. Because quite honestly, I never actually thought that he was, his intentions were ever to do that. To, mm-hmm. to um, seek out attention from other women. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, okay. Like, you want to do that? That's great. Like, I had met them before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's awesome. So that started happening. And then, again, the distance, the... Uh, late night drives for hours Mm -hmm. Um, just like there were so many nights where I would just go to bed by myself Mm -hmm. literally crying and thinking like what is happening you 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 had mentioned that there's abuse Mm -hmm. and we don't throw around that word Um, this is more this was more than just your average like marital conflict Um, and this just a preface when these were happening my first thought was not uh, I am a victim of abuse right now that was not my first thought I did not realize any of this until after the relationship. There was a lot of control and I guess manipulation yeah. with um, how I wanted to spend my free time away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was even before we were married, just in our relationship. Yeah. Uh, if I intended on wanting to hang out with a friend, uh, if I didn't give him ample notice to that, it was a fight. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a big one or if I didn't have a specific time that I was going to be home by or done and I went past that time I came home to a fight yeah um or my phone being blown up Mm -hmm. um or consistently like it was like even if he would text me he would be clearly upset yeah until I came home yeah And like, it was just a form of guilt because of my immense need to not only please everybody in my life, but especially him, the love of my life and my best friend at the Mm -hmm. time. I I was so susceptible to guilt and to that sort of responsibility to him in that regard. So in in this, if you're looking at this from an outside perspective, you can very clearly see that there's a strip of independence there Hmm. in a way. Um, Again, did not necessarily recognize that at the time, but that is what it was to me. Yeah. And so, which is stark difference to me because um, I was always a very independent child. I was always mm. a very independent teenager. Um, so it was like very opposite yep. for me to be that way. Um, so anyway, that was a, a pretty decent example of that. That was a very common occurrence. It led me to not even want to try to hang out with friends anymore because mm. I knew what would happen if I tried. Even if it wasn't 100% consistent, yep. it was consistent enough that it wasn't even worth the effort to me. Hmm. Wow. I would rather just avoid the fight and not hang out with people. Yeah. And that affected my relationships with people. Yeah. I I'm ended sure. up, absolutely. I mean, yeah. obviously, if you're not pouring into a friendship, yeah. it's pretty hard for it to exist. Right. Right. Or even right. go yeah. further. So that was a very consistent example in our relationship. Another one that was a lot more. Um, yeah, just intense was uh, if we would get into an argument about something or even if I would just like this was before we were married and I would be at his house and I would say, okay, like I'm going to I need to leave. I need to cool off when I'm in confrontation. I love resolution, but I'm also the kind of person that needs to process first before I approach resolution. Otherwise, I will say things that I don't mean. Yep. And they come off aggressively. And then I like dig myself into this hole and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> where am I? Where am I? Yeah. Why am I in this pit right now? Yeah. yeah. So um, 
I would try to leave and say, I'm going to take some space. I need some resolution. And he was not about that. So I would try to leave. And if it came to the point where I was literally like in my car about to leave, he would put his body in front of my car like and say, if you hit me, I will call the cops on you or I will press charges against you. So and this is the that is abuse the isolation the manipulation right that's what we're talking about right. when we're talking about abuse correct that's is more than just right um, just some fights that's control right and it's not okay correct yeah right and so that was a very important thing for me to learn afterwards so at the time I was like what is happening yeah. um and it's actually funny because I actually found some old journals of mine oh my gosh about a year or two isn't ago. that scary <laughs> listen <laughs> when you read those old oh, journals you're man. like wow. I read it And I sat on the floor and I read this journal and it basically said, I feel crazy for thinking this, but this doesn't feel like what love should be. Hmm. And I just, I read that and I cried. This was after, you know, in the midst of my, in the midst of my divorce. But I was, I was like, wow. Like I was so fogged up in my vision with this relationship that I had no idea that I even had an option of someone else or something Mm. else yeah I thought that was as good as it was going to get for me and this was just a product of what relationships were this is just what everybody goes through yeah that's what I thought yeah that was that example is a lot more aggressive I would say of an example um and you know it went further than that sometimes the dog would get involved bless my dog but anyway yeah sometimes he would get involved with that situation and be put in front of the car lots of that so those are some examples that not okay right just sort of like constituted consistent control yes it's not just like a one-time occurrence that was like oh that'll never happen again yep which was a promise that was consistently said um by the way when Hmm. we would come back later and discuss it it was always i'm so sorry it'll never happen again i promise yeah and me being full of grace and forgiveness in general in my heart and wanting people, wanting wanting the wanting best. Yeah. I, I just want the best from people. And I, I see the best in people yep. as their potential. So that's my hope yeah. in general. So yeah, I was always like, okay, you're right. Like, I love you. You're right. You love me. That's that's fair. Yes. Um, And then like, it would happen, you know, just yep. the, the cycle, mm-hmm. the dreaded cycle. Yeah. So, so this is like such a pivotal moment in the story because at that point I hadn't been super strong in my faith to the point where I could say like I am consistently leaning on Jesus right now yeah but there was a moment where I was sitting in bed he had already left and I just I was just sobbing and I was like God I need you to save me from this Mm. I need you to literally pick me up and take me out of this Mm -hmm. and at the time I I wasn't necessarily praying for an out I was just praying for some some grace here some like peace to be brought into our marriage I was thinking about it like God you need to intervene yeah because I can't I can't do it anymore I'm not strong enough I'm literally breaking at the seams very shortly after that I remember coming home he was on the couch watching tv and I went to sit next to him And he like kind of like side glared at me or like Mm -hmm. looked at me. And I was like, I just want to sit next to you. You know, like, is that Mm -hmm. okay? And he was like, I mean, not really. Like, I kind of want to be alone. And I was like, okay, well, can we like talk? You know, Mm -hmm. can we talk about this? And he was like, no, didn't really want me to touch him. Didn't really want me to talk. He didn't want to talk about anything. So I was like, okay. And then I think shortly after that, the conversation escalated and he left. And at that point I was like, I 
cannot do this anymore. Yeah. So I remember going outside. I think it was the same week. I went outside with my dog. Um, he loved the snow. He was a Cali dog. <laughs> Never experienced snow before, but Aww. he loved the snow. So it was snowing outside and I was like, you know what? We're going to go outside. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm irritated. It's like negative two, but we're going to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went outside. I called my Grammy and I said, I'm like bawling. And I'm like, Grammy, I do not know what to do right now. Yeah. Um, and this was actually, uh, this this actually fast forward about two weeks of that whole situation of yeah. me going to him, not wanting to talk, leaving, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just that whole cycle for about two weeks. Shortly after that, um, I said, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired yeah. of you leaving. I'm tired of not knowing where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, this is not normal. At that yeah. point, I had come to a point where I was like, okay, I think God was showing me that this was not normal. Yeah. So I called my Grammy and I was like, Grammy, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I explained the situation to her and she was like, the first thing she said to me was, do you think he's cheating on you? And I said, no, flat out. I said, I would expect him to do all kinds of things. Never that. And I stood true to that, our whole mm-hmm. relationship. And I also knew that we, that I had clearly told him even in the beginning of our relationship, if that was ever a thought to just end it before anything mm. happens. I'd yeah. much rather you just tell me that you want someone else versus pursuing that. Right. Um, While you're pretending to correct. be involved. But in of course, or, once you yeah. step into a covenant of marriage, yes. things change. Mm-hmm. Um, you are in a covenant before God. Yeah. That was a serious thing for me. Mm-hmm. So she, when she asked me that, I said no. And she was like, okay, it does kind of sound a little suspicious to me, yeah. but you know, why don't you come home for a few days? So we'll just give some space yeah. and come back and talk about it. And I was like, okay, that's a really great idea. I could really use a Grammy hug right now. So I went back inside. Grammy hugs are the best. Right. And so it's <laughs> right. And so he knew that I was out there at that time talking to her. So he calls me and he's completely shifted his personality at that point. Mm. He's very like, at this point he was very um, sympathetic and apologetic. And he was like, are you going to come back inside? Like, I want to make sure you're okay. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I like go back inside. It's a lot of that back and forth Correct. in a relationship. Yeah. Very much so. Always caught me off guard. <laughs> I was like, what am I supposed to feel right now? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I went back inside and I said, listen, I'm going to buy a ticket right now. Um, I'm going to go home. Yep. And I'm going to go for a few days. And I kind of laid it out and I said, I'm going to go home. And while I'm there, I want you to take some time and think about our marriage. Yeah. And really think about what it means to you and if you want to pursue it. Yep. And if you don't, then we need to discuss that. And yeah. I will and I will I will stay. Yeah. If, if I have to. Yeah. And so he said, Okay, that's fine. He he bought my plane ticket for me mm-hmm. and um I packed my bag. I went to bed, woke up the next day. He had to go to school, so we walked out together. We got into the elevator and he said, is it okay if I kiss you goodbye? Like, are you okay with that? And I said, yes. And so he, he kissed me goodbye and mm-hmm. he said, I love you. And I said, I love you too. Um, I'll talk to you soon. He said, okay. And we went our separate ways and that was the last time that I ever saw him. Wow. I get to California in the afternoon. Didn't really hear from him too much that day. And then the next morning at about 5 a.m., California time. Yeah. I get a phone call and it's a very hysterical person. He basically confesses to me that the night that I left, he he had an affair with the girl that he had been courting the last few weeks. 
Um, and that is why he had been the way he had been the last few weeks. Yeah. And so... Well, he had been having an affair. It was correct. maybe an emotional affair. And this is something that my Grammys always said too. Even the thought, once the thought yes. is in your head that you've already... <laughs> yeah. After that, I... Wow. I'm so sorry. Thank you. It's... Yeah. So that was in 2016. Yeah. Uh, that that happened. Oh, 2016. What, what a year. <laughs> Let me tell you. The Lord has... That's, another, that was my year, too. Another like, sidebar, just to bring up to, to your listeners, that our stories are... Crazy similar. Crazy similar. Like, very parallel. Very. <laughs> and I, I actually love it's that. Real. Because yeah, it, it kind of... You get so many cool people on this podcast yeah. with such amazing stories. Yep. I really believe that even at that time, the Lord was working for this day today. Yes. Even... Oh. God. It's and it's so cool and and awe inspiring to think about it that way. Yeah. That even back then, in the midst of that yes. darkness, the Lord said, "Just wait and see what I have for yep. you." And I'm going to be working all things together Correct. for good. This is not good. This yes. affair is not good. Correct. The abuse is yes. not good. It's not from Him. Yes, but He works. Yes. He works it in our own in our own lives yes. for good. That was a process <laughs> oh like, man that was not an instantaneous thing like no. if only if only we could like be there and you know hear about mm -hmm. the confession of his affair my ex-husband's affair and then be like oh awesome I'm gonna be whole and complete tomorrow we were just no <laughs> no that took a that took some time at that point you're then eventually going through a divorce yes about a that week I actually made the decision um in California in California yeah there was a, a moment where I did consider mm -hmm. going back but I very quickly diminished that idea yeah. um I just felt like very quickly the foggy glasses were lifted from me mm. and I, I love that metaphor I use yes. it all the time yes. because truthfully I had such foggy vision in my relationship and marriage yeah. to the point where I had no idea that I was not receiving the love that Jesus intends mm -hmm. for us to receive. Yeah. The earthly love too. Correct. Tangible love. Tangible yeah. yep. physical love. He extends the most yes. lavish, amazing love yes. from Jesus. Absolutely. And then he, that's what we're actually called to, to, yeah. to lavish on one another. Not just romantically, mm -hmm. but in other relationships. Mm -hmm. But then the most intimate relationship needs to look the most like Jesus. Correct. Right, and that goes back to yeah. um, Jesus being the center of your relationship, hmm. even before marriage. Yeah. Just in your relationship, if you do not feel like you are pushing one another towards Jesus, hmm. that Jesus yep. is not the first person you both run to in times of trouble, that relationship is not on a firm foundation yep. of, of God, like yep. he wants it to be. Yeah. I mean, we, we all we all want comfort from one another. Running so, like, I was just about so to say. When we're, so when we're facing something that's hard, personally, when we're in a relationship, mm -hmm. if you want to run to that person for help, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But then their first thought should be Go run to Jesus. to Jesus. Correct. And let's run to Jesus together. I have yet to experience that. I just want to so believe that that's possible mm -hmm. and so just what I want. And I'm not willing to settle for yes. anything that's less than that. Right there. That's so important because... So many people who lovingly profess their faith to Jesus mm -hmm. are also so quickly willing to settle. Yeah. And God has such promise to fulfill the yep. desires of our hearts like marriage. But I don't like it's like you saying, 
I want to be married, but I don't trust that God will fulfill that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, God loves marriage. Yeah. God loves love. Yeah. And because of that, he desires for those marriages to be yep. beautiful and God honoring. 100%. So that's, that's his desire. That's correct. his desire. And it, it sucks so much because we haven't experienced that. Right. <laughs> we haven't experienced it. Right. And we're standing here like, it's, it's possible. <laughs> because, because it is, though. We believe that it is. Right. And, yeah. and that's the thing is that, again, going back to not, not wanting to be a victim of my circumstances because. Yeah. And I know that you have spoken about this and I love what you've said about letting hope live freely in you. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that we're going to talk about is is what healing yeah. is. Yep. And one of the things that's so important with that is consistently professing your hope yes. in Jesus that he is steadfast. Yep. A hundred percent. And that he is constant. And his promises are true. Correct. His promises are and true. There can't really truly be be healing unless mm, we have hope. Correct. We have to actually be looking towards something. Correct. Which is that God is actually going to heal. Correct. Right now, I don't see it. Correct. And so you're sitting in California mm -hmm. going through a divorce mm -hmm. feeling angry. Awful. Angry. Angry. <laughs> angry. So angry. Like just kind of stewing in your yeah. in, in your Betrayed. Stuff. And and at times you feel hopeless in that. Very much so. The pit of darkness that I was surrounded by. And that's another thing I want to point out. It's so easy for me now to speak about my redemption like it, it was a beautiful thing because it was. And it mm -hmm. is. It's still happening. Yeah. But... <laughs> But you're but you're removed from the pain. I was right gonna now. say the what if you would have been in that situation in that moment, people have experienced pain yes. similar to this, so they know how suffocating it is. Oh my gosh. And you just feel like I can't even get out of bed today. But then and your dog gets you out of bed. <laughs> listen, I I'm gonna shout my dog out even though bless his little soul, he's not here anymore. But there is my dog. Yeah, my dog was the epitome of tangible unconditional love for yep. me and I know that bling wants to you too yes so and there's chance a was your dog chance um there's a special bond that you have with an animal when they follow you through not only your marriage but the um post marriage yep. and divorce and trauma that comes with that yep so and the things that come up because of it and yes. the I mean so much yes so I describe it like every night I would go to bed feeling so heavy yep. and broken. Mm -hmm. I just, the only thing on my mind was what had happened to me. Yeah. And every day after the initial um, reveal of that affair, I was discovering new things. Yeah. Not only about him, but also about what the abuse in our relationship yeah. was it's like the, like you said the veil was lifted correct so more and more things become clear correct. where you're like oh my gosh yes i'm removed from this yes that makes so much sense and are you kidding me how did i deal with that right and why didn't i walk away right yeah so i remember i would go to bed and i would feel all these emotions and just this heavy weight yeah. on me like literally i had been um thrown from a car just yeah. very like oh I, and, yeah. and emotional your pain. body is just like are yes. you kidding me I well, can't I can't function. yes <laughs> and it's it's an, it's mind-blowing to me that it, your emotional pain your heart pain it can actually be a physically yep. tangible thing did you did you breathe different 
Yes. Because I, I don't know if I've actually talked about this on the podcast, but I like... Like, describe what you mean by that I, and I can tell you. I had like um I had like a heavy sigh that... Yes. Went, that I'd, be, I'd just think about it and I'd go... <sighs> yes. Like, I just... Right. It's like I couldn't... I right. couldn't You couldn't breathe. shake the weight. You couldn't just... It no. was like... I couldn't breathe. Right. Properly. It was like... <laughs> it, was, it was like a chain necklace around yeah. you with like 100 pound weights on it. Just mm-hmm. literally like dragging you. Well, because our... I mean, we have this, this spirit-soul-body connection. Correct. And we are a spirit... We have a soul. We live in a body. I, I think that this can be an oversimplification of who we are. Um, but for the most part, I, I believe this. But everything is connected. And so when we're not, um, when when our soul is so heavy and laden mm. and our bodies are so connected with that. And I mean, depression is real. Depression Absolutely. is a, it's not just, it's not just an emotional Absolutely. thing, but it's, I mean, it's a physical manifestation yes. Absolutely. of our emotions and yeah. It's, I mean, it's severe. Oh, so yes, it's real. Not getting out of bed is very real. much. Like so. sometimes you just have to sit there. Right. It's like you're sick. You're no, really sick. Actually, you though. have to get better. <laughs> and so that's how I would feel at yeah. night. So like, it's like your mind shuts off when you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I would, I, I would wake up and it was like two seconds mm-hmm. between when my eyes opened and reality hmm. where my body was like, it's a new day. Hmm. And then like a freight train all of that emotion I can like I can still remember the physical yep. feeling that I had when I would wake up and all of the emotion would just wash It'd be over like me flood you yeah oh yes again that heavy sigh comes back and you're like oh yeah everything I'm sucks. going through this <laughs> oh yeah, yeah it's I so real. I cannot breathe it hurts so bad and that was my <laughs> life for a while yep and I, I, I used to wish that recovery through pain like that was easy and quick, but now that I look at it, I'm so thankful that it wasn't. That's a bold statement, but I know exactly what you mean. So, so say more. Hear me out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that we should all wish for like longer pain, mm-hmm. but there is something beautiful about being willing to embrace the pain yep. without knowing how long it's going to last. Yep. Accepting that, being okay with it lasting as long as it needs to, and just literally pressing in yep. to not only your pain, but to Christ and yes. saying, Jesus, you have the sole power to take this away. Yep. And I love the way that he does it because yes. he doesn't just go, snap, you're good now. It's not, it's, it's not magic. It's not. And and I love that. I hear pastor, I've heard pastors use this like, it's, Jesus isn't like a magic genie. No, he's not. In a lamp. He you could know. be, but he, he's not. He could, he does have the power to do so. But he does he doesn't. However, he loves to gently coax yep. his children. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do believe that that's what happened with me. Um, it was a daily battle. Um, lots of anger. Lots of me saying, listen, God, I'm mad. Um, yeah. I'm mad at you. I'm mad at my life. I'm mad at him. I'm mad at him. I'm, mad, I'm even mad at yourself. I'm mad at the person that was involved with him. Yeah. I, I am mad at all the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just need to be mad, God, you know? Yep. And and I actually... He's so patient with that oh, anger. Oh, listen. He's so patient. Yes. The youth pastor for the high school group that I lead was speaking out of the topical message of hurt. 
And he used an analogy with his son. His son is like four. Okay. And he gets very angry sometimes and like will just start like hitting. And there are times when because his mom is like a little five one woman, mm-hmm. she doesn't have the strength sometimes to stop that. And yeah. she just has had to take those hits. Yeah. And he used the analogy of that's Jesus with us mm. taking those hits wow. for us when we are the seemingly strong four-year-old yeah. um, who's angry. And he takes those hits and he says, okay, I'm still here. Tell me how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> but let me tell you why it's better for you yeah. and your long-term health. But he doesn't even always tell us why. Correct. We don't there, always huh? we don't always understand why. Yes. But it's about the process oh, and yes. actually just being present in that pain. So you had mentioned you've you've been on a bit of a reclaiming journey yourself. Of thanks so, to yeah, hearing yes. about it's been such an important aspect for me. So so reclaiming is all about identifying a pain that's with a place or yes. a thing. So it's something tangible. Yes. Um Not that like you can return to that. Yes, that, of... that hold that that holds that pain because it's associated yes. with your trauma. Yes. And then actually leaning into that and mm-hmm. saying, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna face that yeah, thing absolutely. and then receive healing around yes. that thing. Th- that's kind of the start of what this podcast is all about. Yeah. Is about leaning into yes. that pain. Absolutely. So what what did that look like for you? Let me just start with uh, some backstory here, which is gonna sound really similar to actually your first one of your first episodes okay. where you talk about reclaiming. I remember the first time I heard this, I was like, this girl knows. <laughs> like, I was like, I remember I, I was listening to it with a friend and I was like, I, I looked at her and I was like, this, I can't, mm. I can never describe it, but this is what it feels like. So, so getting back from Chicago and he, him and I had lived there in this city that I was now back in for, yeah. for a while. I think it was the the day after I found out, mm-hmm. I was driving. I didn't even have a car. I had sold my car to move to Chicago. So I was actually like using my Grammy's car. Yeah. So I was driving somewhere and I was driving down the road and I was like I can't even look at this road right now yeah I remember driving down this road mm-hmm. how am I gonna do this I I've been to this target with him yep <laughs> I've been to that um, gas station I've that <laughs> yeah I've been to um all of these things with him multiple times mm-hmm. uh all over SoCal I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to? I remember even hearing our our song that we danced to at our wedding because it was still a fairly popular song at the time. So like it would actually this was like it would come on the radio the first like couple months after this happened. And I would just be like, there was a moment actually where I said, you know what? I'm going to listen to this all the way through. Heck yeah. And so. Come on. So it was like, I was by myself. It was at night. I get and I was, so empowered when I hear that with people. I'm like, yes, that. Yes. Do that. Do it. Because <laughs> let me tell you, it's so good. Yeah. It's not easy in the moment. No, it's but, so not. But you get, you get out of that and you're like, I can do this. Yep. And not out of, not out of your own strength. No. But. No. Because but it's a partnership. Correct. It's a partnership with the Holy Spirit. Right. To say, and and especially when we do it with the idea that we're not doing it yeah. alone, we're doing it with, we're yeah. doing it with God. Yeah. The God of the universe. Absolutely. That won't let us fall. Yes. But partnering with him as our reclaiming buddy yeah. to say, I'm actually going to face yeah. this with you because you know this pain as well, God. Yeah. And so I'm going to lean into it with you. So true. So good. So yeah, I and did. And we may not even realize that that's actually what's happening Correct. when we're doing it. But no. looking back, it's like, so God, true. you're so present in this. So true. There are so many times where I have um, been through something and then honestly, sometimes even months later, yeah, I will 
have like this um divine moment of reflection yeah which is 150 percent the holy spirit being yeah. like let me remind you of why i'm so good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. so and so um recognizing that and looking back and going oh mm-hmm. oh we did that yep. together wow. um what can we do now you know mm-hmm. and so it started like that and i really didn't even have the word reclaimed in my yeah. vocabulary up until when you started the podcast mm. which was last year right yeah last yeah, may last may yeah i mean just that whole journey of there are there are a couple things that i have not reclaimed yet that yep. are very large on my list mm-hmm. that i do plan on doing but there have been a lot of small things that i have reclaimed um like today so let's pretend we're, we're not using the real name let's pretend that your ex-husband's name is sven so we, it was funny because we were sitting at Mickey's Diner and, and talking about names. We were talking about names and, and about how hard how, it is. For actually, us we were to talking about it. online dating. Yes. <laughs> and we were talking about how difficult it is to not be like low key bitter about a like, name or see, just like mm. to see the name and be like, Ooh. <laughs> like, could like I ever left. date another Sven? <laughs> and I was like, and we both agreed. We were like hard pass on that. Yeah, you hard know, pass. Like, like, it's it would hard. be so weird to be yes. like, I love you, Sven. Also, um, my, not only was my ex Sven, my father was also Sven. <gasps> oh yes. That's so like, yeah. Right. Same name there. So father Sven, father is not in my life. Yeah. Hasn't really been consistently in my life yeah. since childhood. So there's even more um, correct. Pain oh, up correct, with that correct with that name. <laughs> yes, and so um, even my mom was like, "Are you really dating a Sven?" <laughs> like my mom was like, "It's a little weird, no." And I'm like, "Yeah, mm, yeah well, now that you say it." Um, yeah, yeah. So we got two Svens. We're talking about this name. We're talking about this name. This name. And I was like, "Have you met another Sven? Have you dated a Sven?" Right. And I'm like, I just couldn't do it, you know. And I yeah. even when I would peruse like online dating apps or. Mm-hmm. Even just in like when I would hear it in person, like someone, and then I like would if their name happened to be Sven, I was like, <clears throat> nope. And I would like there's a little head. yeah, there's a reaction in, in there, and I have that I have that same thing yeah yeah where where I hear my ex husband's name and and just there's a little bit in me that goes ooh yeah it's just like a little painful yeah which is an indicator for me like okay so I need to at some point face that correct because because that does mean that there's still a little bit of hurt there I agree. And um, yeah, so that's int- so true. I was still about to say that. Yeah. So it's so it's interesting because immediately after we say that, the server comes over, and it's like a, this tiny little like you know dive of a diner. Yeah. And um, it's also like six thirty in the morning. It's super early <laughs> because you took the red eye here. By the way, <laughs> the best flight, guys. Let's it be was, honest. It was cheap, I'm sure. And so as as the server comes over, he's got like tattoos all over his hands, all over his body. He's just making talk. And, um, and I bacon. was like, Hey, how's, what, what's your name? And he goes, I'm Sven. <laughs> and we go. I was literally sipping my what? coffee as he said that, and I had to turn away. <laughs> I almost like spit hot coffee back out. It was like, it was so perfectly timed. And we were just like, he walked away and we just laughed. And I was like, thank you, Lord, for that, mm. for that beautiful experience Yeah, where maybe that name isn't totally reclaimed yet, but it's just this reminder yeah. that there's God other- recognizes that it's not reclaimed yes. yet. <laughs> He's like, hey. and there's other spends in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it was like, there is. It was like so, it was so perfect mm. and such a reminder that our healing is yes. a process. Always. It's still a never process. linear. Yes. It's up and down. And oh, it's a, it's a, it's a roller coaster. It is a line graph that has lots yeah, of ups and downs. Yeah, it so is. But God is so present mm-hmm. in all of that. At this point, 
you're almost two and a half years. Yeah. Oh, over two and a half years. Uh, well, so the divorce was final in 2017. Okay. Um, about a year after. What has healing looked like for you? I'm going to read a verse. Please. That Bring the Bible. <sighs> Bring it. I will. Because it's so good. So, so a couple weeks ago, I was uh, having some Jesus time. Mm-hmm. Um, seeking discernment, I came across this this verse in Isaiah, and it really just perfectly described biblically what um, healing looks like to Jesus. To yeah. me. And it says, I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. <sighs> so good. Um, and that's Isaiah 44, 22. So, so good. That's like my little umbrella for this Mm. for this like segment of healing of of, like what that looks like for me so so for me healing was was actually steps it wasn't one specific thing for me uh and so the first step that I can recall was surrender Mm -hmm. and I say that because it started with surrendering my pride um after something like that happens especially that kind of betrayal yeah. Your, your pride gets gets a little hurt. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was the first thing I had to surrender was my pride and saying, yeah. you know what? My pride was hurt, but that's not all that Jesus wants to redeem in me. Yeah. And the next thing I had to surrender was my fear. Um, and my fear came in quite a few forms. The fear main one was that I would never actually experience redemption hmm. uh, or even like a new day in the state of pain that I was in. And in the midst of your depression. Right. I was so surrounded by, I described it as like a cloud of hopelessness. It's real. It is real. And so I never really, I had a fear that that wasn't going to be, that I was going to live in that for yep. forever, yep. I guess, in my head, that irrational fear. And finally, the state of my heart as a whole. Hmm. And the state that it was in was not great. It was very yeah. um, messy and broken. Um, but the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he takes you in whatever state you're in. Isn't that true? Oh, it's so good because it's so easy to think that God only wants you when you're right on track. Mm-hmm. But it's so opposite because yeah. God wants you when you aren't on track because that's when you need him. Exactly. And so he's exactly. like, no, come to me when you're super broken because yes. I will be your healer. Yes. I will be your healer. Yep. That's such a promise. Yep. And I because he already has healed us. Correct. That's the thing. Like we have been purchased. He, he, we have been purchased. We have. It's already done. And and that that he paid for that 2000 years ago. And mm. it's about claiming it and walking in it right now where it's not like he dies again. Yeah, it's just it's he's already done it. Mm-hmm. We just claim it in the in the moment right yeah. now. Yeah. So along with along with that. I had a very fluctuating state of self-worth hmm. throughout all of that. So there was also... <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it's, and it's also about continuing, to, continuing right. to walk into that right now. Right. And like, again, there's also a fear that like, I'm going to be alone now, mm. you know, like... <laughs> or that like, history will, will repeat itself. Right, right, right. Exactly. So I in that moment, I had felt like I, all my self-worth had been stripped from me. Wow. So I... It was very, it would have been very easy, and I did attempt to do this a few times in my darkness, um, try to fulfill my self-worth with worldly things, Um, try to like fill that void personally, Um, very common, never successful, Mm -hmm. Well, it's (laughs) long-term, I should say. Yeah, because 
in in those in those kind of relationships we often put our self-worth into someone else right correct and so then when that person is taken away or they break your self-worth or whatever mm. you're you've placed your identity in them rather than in Jesus correct and so then trying to put it back on Jesus who has already purchased us and already placed our value on us correct we have to um we have to then walk in that and that's that's a hard transition to make yeah absolutely so then placing it into other worldly things is easy to do yes exactly and so when I surrendered that I was like okay I instead want to replace that with Jesus's sacrificial love yes he's here like let me show you this so because we're talking about um pain being purposeful yeah um, I'm going to pull out another, bring it another word from Jesus here. Do it. <laughs> and, uh, this is so good for, to me, describing why Jesus feels that pain is purposeful, why it's important to press into your pain yep. and why Jesus, um, promises to meet us in that pain. Mm-hmm. And it says through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Mm-hmm. knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us come on that was Romans 5 2 through 5 yeah and I love that because hope does not put us to shame Correct. another translation says hope will not disappoint yes yeah I'm in ESV yes so yeah I think it's the NLT that says hope will not Love that. Love that. And I love that. Yeah. It's so true because that's kind of been like a, a little theme going on mm-hmm. with, with yep. what you've been talking about lately. Lots of hope. <laughs> Lots of hope. Because I'm like. Your middle name is also Hope. It is. Good call. Caitlin. My best friend's middle name is also Hope. So it's easy to yes. remember. I love it. I'm just surrounded by all these people with the middle so name Hope. hope. So, so much hope. So much hope. Even when we don't see it, it's there. True. It's there. I love that so much because what we go through when we surrender, mm. when we just trust God, we believe that he's going to bring good out of it. Correct. It is not good. The pain is not even good. Right. But the result. The result the outcome. is. Absolutely. And and it's taken a long time for us to get to this point right. where we're like, wow, I actually wouldn't change it right. because yeah. of what God has done in us. Yes. Yeah. Even hearing rejoice in your sufferings when you are suffering. Mm-mm. Nope. Not happening. The first thing you want to do is not, thank you, God, for my (laughs) suffering today. You just don't. It's just not something, at least that I don't do. But here, here in in this. Paul is saying. Paul is literally saying. He's saying we can actually do that. We can. And he was, you know, doing this from from prison. He was and shipwrecked and and all kinds 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 of things. And he's still saying, do not lose hope. Keep your faith in Jesus. Yep. Keep your faith in the promise that our God yep. is true and faithful. That is essentially what he is saying mm-hmm. in his letters throughout the entire book of Romans. That's like the entire New Testament. Correct. <laughs> it's so true. But even with Paul specifically, like in the midst of this, he's like, hey guys, um, I know what I'm going through right now does not yeah. seem like um, it's going to have a great outcome, but let me just tell you, God is still so good. Yes. And God is still so faithful. And I just love him so much. And I want all of you to feel the yep. same way, even though you're not going through what I'm going through. Yep. Here he is in the middle of his yep. sufferings, still preaching that yep. Jesus is the way. Yep. And Jesus is the only way. He is so, he's, his grace is sufficient for us. Amen. So I'm like, let's all just be a little like Paul mm-hmm. in our in our hardships and our suffering because People are looking 
and saying, wow, this person is going through this. Yep. But here they are still knowing that Jesus has their back. Yeah. And if and if there are listeners that don't feel this right now, mm. where you're not feeling hope, where you're in that cloud of hopelessness yes. and just like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get out of this. We have that hope for you. Absolutely. And and I'm just I'm just praying that you guys listeners will just get us just get a sense and a reality of of just a glimmer of hope. Absolutely. Even if it's through the hug of a dog or mm. um, a text from a friend. Absolutely. There is hope. You're going to get through this. Absolutely. And there there is there there is no end to God's love for you. Mm. That's so just, good. Amen. That's just it. That's Amen. just it. Amen. We didn't yeah. even talk about community, but we didn't. That's another important thing. We, we, we talk about community quite a bit in this, we do. but like, but community is huge. huge. When you so, said like, keep the glimmer of hope. I was like, <clears throat> community. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't have community, I want to, re- I just Instill really want to enc- hope. Yeah. Really want to encourage you to reach out and find community. Good segue to my community, which is the reclaimed community mm-hmm. here in the Twin Cities. We um, we're a small group. It's for women who have experienced divorce or or healing from infidelity, abuse, whatever it is. Um, but we want to be there for one another. And so, if you are in the Twin Cities area and you're a woman, and I'm sorry, Caitlin, <laughs> here sorry. she is announcing this, and I'm like, can I go? Yeah, <laughs> I wish you could. At some point, I would love for it to be like. You know, a national yeah. thing. We'll hey, see. I'll bring it to LA. We're, we're growing this ministry. We're. Do you know how many I'm... people already know about this podcast in LA? Because I just tell I... everybody. Please keep telling people. <laughs> like, Please, guys. You know about reclaiming, and yeah. they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Let me tell you about reclaiming." <laughs> Praise the Lord! I'm so grateful. Yes. Yeah, so that that is one option, but um, but there's hope and there's redemption in Jesus, and yeah, find a community, get Absolutely. in it, and have them speak truth into you. Absolutely. But oh my gosh. Okay. So there's so much more that I wish that we could talk about, but we don't have the time. You're here for the weekend. So there may mm. be more podcasts, but thank you so much, Caitlin, for your wisdom, for your love Absolutely. and your perspective. Absolutely. Unreal. Thank you so much for having thank me. You. Thank you for inviting me to your home. Of course. Into your space, into your ministry to be able to share I'm hope so grateful. and love. I'm so grateful. The heart is forgiveness. Mm. The heart is not to slander, yes. not to be bitter Absolutely. towards the person that Absolutely. has hurt us. Like that's a reality. Yeah. That's, that's a thing that's happened. And that's happened. what Jesus calls us to. Mm-hmm. Jesus does not call us to slander. Nope. Nope. So that's, that's our heart here. Absolutely. We just want to say that. But thank you so much, listeners, for being here and mm. listening and just being so faithful to listen and <laughs> go and follow Caitlin on her things on you you're on Instagram what's your handle it's it's just my name so it's k-a-i-t-r-a-l-e-y go follow her love her and you're also a freelance uh cinematographer cinematographer yep yes if you're looking for some freelance um cinematography things in LA yeah here I am yeah reach out to her also if you're in Twin Cities um I, I will always come to the Twin Cities so apparently she will for anything I love it here love it love love it so much I love it so much thank you guys so much and we will see you next week thank you so much for listening to the Reclaimed podcast if you like what you hear please subscribe to the podcast and rate it on iTunes if you're interested in partnering with the Reclaimed podcast financially you can do so on my Patreon page remember you're not alone there is hope and we'll see you next week